0: C
1: Strategies, LLC.
0: The Broadcast. Becky. Micah. The Remix Project Chicago. Communications.
1: Public Affairs. Strategy. Entrepreneur.
0: Media. Chicago. Women. Women. Chit Chat. Podcast.
1: Podcast. Podcast. Byline. Public Relations. Women. Mary. Micah.
0: Becky. C. Strategies. The broadcast.
1: The Broadcast. The Broadcast. The Broadcast.
0: I'm Becky Carroll, president and CEO of C-Strategies, and I'm a lifelong Chicagoan, and I was a national uh, director of women for Obama on the 2008 campaign. I've always worked to promote leadership opportunities for women. To learn more about me, since this is our third episode, and I've given this speech a couple times now, you can go back and listen to our first and second episodes for a longer bio, or you can also check out cstrategiesllc.com. Love it. And I'm Micah Stambaugh, vice president of C-Strategies. I'm a journalist,
1: an entrepreneur with about 13 years of experience working in both a newsroom and the business world as an entrepreneur. Like Becky said, we've, we've done this twice already, and we don't want to sound too full of ourselves. So you can read our full bios <laughs> on our previous episodes, which are posted on SoundCloud, iTunes, and our website. You can also get updates by following us on Twitter and Facebook at C-Strategies,
0: LLC. So today we have some pretty awesome guests, all of whom I have known in different capacities throughout the course of my life. I like to kind of refer to them sometimes as the next generation of kick-ass women leaders here in Chicago. We have Ann Katulski, who's the founder of Rodham Consulting, Ellie Barmasal, co-founder of Rise Movement, and of course, Aviva Rossman, who's the co-founder of Ballot Ready. So, Welcome, ladies. Thanks for joining us on this very cold, suddenly wintry day in March in Chicago. I'm glad you all got here like safe and sound, and we're really excited to have you on the show because we're always trying to get the word out about what women like you are doing here in Chicago and, of course, elsewhere because... You know, your work is not just limited to the wonderful Windy City. So we'd really like to hear more about each of your organizations um, and what you're because what you're doing in your own right is really inspiring and representative of a series of movements across the country that were really sparked in the aftermath of the November 8th election. And so we'd love to hear from each of you about the organizations you launched and also what inspired you to take action.
2: I can start. Yes. Uh This is Anne Skatulski. Thanks so much for having me. I'm the founder of Rodham Consulting. Um, Rodham Consulting is a pro bono political consulting firm for Democratic women in, in Illinois who um, either want to run for office or simply want to be more engaged in the political process. Uh, we started uh, immediately after the election. Uh, the real impetus was um, originally a fear that after seeing Hillary lose to, you know, a qualified woman lose to to what is arguably an unqualified man, um, that women would be less likely to run for office or a woman who had been inspired to run for office now wouldn't. Um, and so I wanted to create a safety net for those women to say, no, stay in the game, keep this up, we should still be running, you can still win. Um, and the interesting part of the path, I think, since founding is that I was completely proven wrong. That women were not only not afraid to run for office, but now have been greatly inspired to run for office. So, um, I started Rodham Consulting with this idea of being a safety net to catch women who might drop out. It's now turned into a platform for women who want to jump in. Um, and so, it's it's we provide a one hour of free political consulting. So, if you're a Democratic woman in Illinois who wants to get engaged in the political process, either as a candidate or simply just start, you know, going to local meetings, becoming active in your community. You can sign up on our website, and we'll connect you with um for a one-hour advising session with another Democratic woman in Illinois who has expertise in political strategy, and she'll help you get started on your path.
0: And I'm a proud um, advisor to That's Rodham right. Consulting, and That's it's been right. really, really fun. I have to say. So thank you for doing that, and it you, it's just been been an amazing experience. So congratulations to you. And
2: I tell everyone to sign up with Rise Movement and to use ballot right. That's
0: right. So
3: speaking of Rise Movement. Yes, speaking of it, um, <laughs> it, and i I have to say I have to acknowledge Anne for that for that piece because um one thing I've noticed since November ninth, the aftermath, mm-hmm. day one um, of the new America that we're living in, is there's just this great spirit of collaboration amongst the people who are trying to to change. The landscape, And that's really why Rise Movement exists. Um, Genevieve Theers and I co-founded it literally on November 9th. Um, I had back surgery two weeks beforehand, and when I woke up the morning of the 9th, I wasn't certain if my pain meant were just that strong that I had imagined the outcomes <laughs> of the election. But my husband reassured me that, no, in fact, what I thought happened did happen. Yeah. Um, and Genevieve called me, and we both recognized that Look, there's something fundamentally wrong with the system that allows such a wildly unqualified individual to assume residency at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And we decided then and there that Something had to change, and we alone couldn't determine what that something was, but there had to be a collaborative space for people to share their ideas and imagine what the ecosystem can and should look like. Mm -hmm. Um, So on November 11th, we had about 200 people piled into her living room, Um, and I went into it expecting it to be a lot of really angry people. And... What I was surprised to find is that in a matter of three days, the anger had shifted for a lot of people into a real desire to take action. And one thing that emerged, um, that kept emerging in the conversation, was that you know when you've got over 90 million people who stay home on election night, and to put that into context, that's like 33 cities the size of Chicago just going radio silent on election day. Wow. That means something is wrong. And so we have been really focused on a national level in um, reimagining what voter engagement looks like. We are preparing to roll out our fr- first tech-enabled resource, which is an app. Um, It's an elections app that we're actually partnering with Ballot Ready to Produce um, and Flippable and Swing Left and a number of other partners that connects your personal contacts to the list of all, what is it, 519,602 seats that are open in that, that, the that United States, right. yeah, <laughs> I know it's some absurdly Something high number. above half a million. Yeah, yeah, and it connects your personal contacts to those election dates, so that if you know, if I knew that Anne lived in California and she had uh, a congressional primary coming up, that I would get an alert to directly contact Anne and hopefully motivate her to go vote. Um, and we've got a number of other initiatives that are happening. We're trying to rebuild the voter file in a way that makes it much more useful. Um, that and uses... accessible to uh,
0: average people, which would be nice. Yeah, yes. well,
3: Access. Wouldn't that be something yes. if we provided <laughs> access to things? Um, that That's definitely the goal. And to bring principles of human-centered design into the political landscape where it's needed most. right? Where we can allow the end user, in this case, the end user is every single American who's got a stake in seeing the way that America moves forward Mm -hmm. and allowing them to tell us what they care about, what they need, and then enabling people who want to step into leadership to build actionable solutions to those real pain points. That way we're not operating in silos and assumptions.
1: Is this an exclusive drop on the broadcast?
3: Uh, We have informally, but this is um, the first time that we're really publicly talking about reimagining. See what voter and engagement looks like. And you need to broadcast. tune into the broadcast because this <laughs> is where the broads talk change. about making
0: it happen. Yes. <laughs> yes, and speaking of, uh, you know, voter files and whatnot, we have, uh, you know, co-founder of Ballot Ready over here, and I, I'm happy to hear that all of you are, like, intrinsically connected in the work that you're doing. So I remember when you, you founded this, it was really well-received, and it's such a first-of-its-kind kind of thing. So tell us more about it. Yeah,
4: so ballot Already's actually been around for a little while. It basically started because my co-founder and I had both had the experience of walking into a voting booth um, in 2012, and we were prepared to vote for president, and I'm a politically engaged person. I've worked on campaigns, and I was prepared to vote for senator, too, and congressman, and then there were all these other people that I'd never seen before, uh, including judges, including Water Reclamation District, and I just felt guilty for guessing on my ballot or for leaving these blank. And so my co-founder and I started talking about this, and we started talking to hundreds of different voters, and basically we realized this is a dirty secret. Everyone does this.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we
4: talked to Chicago Tribune political reporters. We talked to political science professors, and they all admitted that they had had this experience of walking to a voting booth and guessing on their ballot or leaving blanks. Um, across the country, 30% of people failed to complete their ballot, which is just crazy if you think about that, because it means that... The half million elected officials that Ellie was talking about, so many of them are just elected based on guesses, based on... um, Or Irish last names. Irish last last (laughs) names, right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. incumbency, gender, and then like, uh, judges in Cook County changed their name to sound more Irish. That is a true fact, um, which is... (laughs) 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 Unless you
2: already have a Polish last name. Right, right, right. right. Then then you're good. Then
4: you're golden. golden. Put her on the ballot. (laughs) (laughs) So we started with this idea, what if it was easy to research everyone on your ballot? Um... And, you know, there was some doubt that people actually cared, that people actually wanted to do it. But what we proved is if you make it easy, if you put it all in one place, you make it mobile-friendly, people actually do want to take the time. Uh, We were just looking today at our data from 2016, and the number one, the most candidates people saved was 86 candidates. And that was an overwhelming number, saved 86 candidates. Which, if you think about it, we have ridiculously long ballots here. But people are willing to take the time and actually go through all of them.
0: So folks can take their phone into the voting booth, look up your site, and make a decision at that point in time based on the background that you provide on each of these candidates. And you're not weighing in on the politics or anything. You're just putting the facts out there. Correct.
4: We're completely nonpartisan. So you type in your address. You see every single candidate who will be on your ballot. You can compare them based on stances on issues, endorsements, news articles, biography, and then you can save your choices so you actually have it with you to bring to the ballot box. Um, But what I'm really excited about that we're working on now so we were, our first problem was to tackle this problem of informed voters. The second thing is to tackle the problem of turnout, because that's a huge issue coming up in 2017. You know, we have elections coming up April 4th. Uh, we have midterms coming up, where historically there's much lower turnout. So what we're working on now are custom voter guides for organizations that not only show you everyone on your ballot and information about them to help you find the candidates that match your values, but then have an end-to-end turnout tool that's make a plan to vote, pick a time, pick a place... Sign up for text message reminders. Let's make sure every single person gets there
0: um, It has everything they need. Nice. And then I won't have to bring in, like, those five-page, uh, you know, full A to Z on who the candidates are from sometimes organizations that I don't necessarily entirely trust. And I'm like, I have no other you know, point of reference in which to think about who I should be voting right. for. Right, and they just know. list
4: everyone. So you also have to think, oh, am I in Legislative District 2? Like, I don't remember.
0: And what's her website? So my
4: website is ballotready.org, and you can sign up for notifications for when we're live for upcoming elections. One thing I think is really interesting
2: that I'm proud of with our organization, and I'm proud to be in this room with the two of you, well, with all of you, but yeah. with the two, these other two organizations, is I think what our organizations have in common is there are, you know, if you look at every problem to be solved when it comes to voter engagement, um, political engagement, running for office, actually governing, there are all sorts of problems along the spectrum chronologically. But what our three organizations are doing are really confronting those first obstacles, Mm -hmm. those initial obstacles. So like with Ballot Ready, um, how do we know how we're going to solve a problem until we have the right person in place to do it? Well, how do you get the right person in place? You vote for the person that matches your values. How do you do that? You use Ballot Mm -hmm. Ready. And so I think that's what's so interesting about our three organizations specifically
1: is that we're really targeting problems at the front end of all of this. So, which leads us to the next question, women across the country are getting more engaged and active in politics now more than ever. What's your message to women and others about what's at stake for them and their future and why it's important to engage right now?
2: So, I- I'm going to speak specifically from the point of view of Radom Consulting, be a little like self-centered here for a minute, but from no, our good. perspective, really like um, there, there are a couple things, a couple of messages I'd want to give to women. One is, um, there are two things two data points that most women don't know that when you put them together you get why Rotten consulting exists and that's first that um women often need to be asked to run women assume they are not qualified to be a candidate for any particular position as opposed to men who often consider themselves qualified based on either professional qualifications personal qualifications whatever statistically speaking women are often less likely to presume that they are qualified for for a Particular elected role, um, and so because of that, women often have to be asked multiple times and get that external validation before they are prepared to declare as a candidate. That's that's data point number one. Data point number two, um, which is an anomaly to the first one, is that when women are on the ballot, they are just as likely to win. They are statistically as likely to win. So you put those two things together. If we had equivalent representation on a ballot, we have equivalent representation in government. And so that's why Rodham Consulting exists. And that's the message I would say. To women is you is lack of participation on the part of women is what's leading to is specifically what's leading to lack of representation in government, and we now know statistically that as long as you participate, we'll be fine. And so that's my that would be my message is um, you know the data is there to support the idea that. If we own the process, if we participate, if we begin with incremental change of getting active, getting involved, and then eventually getting on the ballot, we will see the progress that we
0: want. Yeah, that's really fascinating because I think all of us in this room at one time or other are like, why are there not more women in office? We're more than 50 percent of the electorate, but there's obviously boundaries are in place and we have to do more to lift those up and Open the doors for women.
3: Yeah, what I find particularly interesting is, you know, this year the 115th Congress was sworn in, and if you look at who makes up this governing body, uh, there are reports that celebrate the fact that this is the most women we have ever had in Congress at fucking 21 percent.
0: What do? 21
3: percent. There, there is like nothing to celebrate there when we make up over 50% of the country and we're celebrating the fact that we've got 21% representation in Congress. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a head scratcher, (laughs) not a congratulatory moment. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, we we have obviously come a long way, but we have much further to go. And, you know, we had only the second African-American female senator sworn in this year in history. That is deeply problematic. And what this means is if you are not... At the table, you are then on the menu. And quite frankly, we are a buffet, right? We're not right. just on the menu. It's a free-for-all. Because they use us and our issues to get elected and whatnot to
0: put us up as props. But then when it comes to actually getting into office, oh, no, 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 no. There, there's there's someone else who's more qualified than you.
3: Exactly. And those people are exactly the people who don't speak on behalf of women, but who use our name, right, our issues as props, as tools to create kabuki, mm-hmm. to become elected officials, to maintain their power, and not actually represent the interest of their right. constituencies. And there is so much at stake right now, right? I mean, we have got paid leave. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the opportunity to choose life. Because I, I'm going to declare this right now if I hear one more person say that, you know, you're either— Pro, pro-life pro mm-hmm. or you're pro-abortion, no one wakes up in the morning and says, woohoo, today is abortion day. That's just not a thing. <laughs> and similarly, if you're really pro-life, then you have to be pro-life from conception through graduation.
0: Yes, yes hello.
3: Not pro-fetus, not pro-embryo, yeah. pro-life.
0: After they're yeah. living and breathing and on this earth and should be part of our responsibility as well. And speaking about what's at stake, what's at stake right now and uh, the potential cuts to Obamacare is maternity care and prenatal care, which is like insanity because when I mean, you know, for those of us who have been lucky enough to carry a child term, I had a C-section. It was like a $50,000 bill. Now, someone like myself, if I had to pay that out of pocket, I probably could. But that's because I'm technically probably in the 5% of people who economically, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody house would be in debt or, uh, or worse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Men who question the need for maternity care it's because they're not having babies, which is why we need more women. Also,
2: <laughs> men who question the cost of maternity care and want to cut um, availability and access, in my opinion, yeah. do not then get to call themselves fiscal conservatives mm. because that is an investment. You invest in the mother's health. You invest in child health. You, that's an invest. that's social impact investment down the line on 100
3: percent right I'm well with and you, i
4: think Allie. i think the other thing i would say to women is so you talk about paid leave There's so many cities that are stepping up and doing cool things mm-hmm. around paid leave and about all these other things
1: there's it's, paid puppy leave What? there's a paid puppy leave yeah, did get you get see that story puppy a couple right? of weeks ago uh, there's a there's a company that will give you a week or two if you get a new puppy yeah, yeah they're the gonna get the
0: puppy time, yeah. time. Yeah. damn it let's have some baby time i know I mean, it's a traumatic like experience if you especially if you go through a C section, which is major surgery. And two, like, I cannot imagine a single mom who holds down a couple of part time jobs to get by and they don't have the time to recover psychologically and physically and have that time to bond with their child. I mean, it's really like fucking heartbreaking and just another reason why more women need to be running for office because it's no offense. Like we have, I'm sure, great guys in our lives would be totally supportive and I certainly do with my husband, but it's not the same when you're not the one who has that, you know, responsibility.
4: Yeah. And and I think they also we've just seen so many uncontested races when we were yes, going through yes. our data. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if women step up and run, it's like, yes. you know, give this guy a fight. 50-50 and, yeah. and you know, our simple goal
2: is if there's a ballot in Illinois, and we're focused in Illinois. You guys both you know, work on a much larger scale than we do at this point. But um, our simple goal was if there's a ballot in Illinois, there should be a woman on it, period. Whether that woman wins or not yep. is actually a different story. And a conversation that we often have with our clients is, you know what is your ultimate goal and in some cases a client's ultimate goal might be to raise more awareness around environmental impact issues so to which we'll say hey you know what you're in a in a district where um you know you could run against this congressman but you'd maybe be facing an uphill battle and and here's what the landscape looks like but you know what if you don't feel like enough people in your district are talking about it and you have the time and the resources to do it run if you lose, so be it. But now all of a sudden, everyone's going to be talking about the issue you care about because you stepped up and brought it to the forefront. And so, exactly. so we think just literally participation, being on the ballot can sometimes be as effective as winning when it comes to your particular goals.
0: And even if you don't get it the first time, you might go at it the second Absolutely. time or third time, and you might actually get it the third time. I mean, and that's why we need organizations like this to keep continuing to support women as they're on that journey. Because you know, first time out is not always a win. Um, So kind of speaking of women getting more engaged, I remember in the week after the election, I got added to like 20 different Facebook groups. Of the, I'm sure we all did. I was like, what is this? I'm like, this is so exciting. But it was really interesting to hear what women were saying. Like I said, people were upset, but it was more like, damn it, I'm going to do something about it. So you're having these conversations, you know, with women. And what do you think is kind of firing them up the most to get involved and engaged if you had to say the one thing that you have heard consistently or the two things you've heard consistently, because it might be different from group to group based on like what you're doing. But I'm curious to hear what
3: your your feedback
0: from women has been.
3: I think, you know, I don't want to I don't want to refer to all of the women that we've talked to as a monolith, but a reoccurring theme that that presents itself in conversations is if the person who just became our president was somehow qualified to be president, then I can do anything. <laughs> and it's really remarkable because as we um, travel around the country and attend different conferences with other people who are pioneering in the space, there is a ton of female representation at the, at the leadership level of all of these movements. And that's a really powerful thing. Like the future is most definitely female.
1: I just got that hat. I did. Uh, I'm on the board of the YWCA. I don't know if you've seen Dory wear it, Mm -hmm, but it's the black hat future is female. That's like our whole motivation for the next two years is, is, is getting in front of these girls at a really young age, whether it's STEM, whether it's, you know, a new education, a new way to look at life, whatever, like you're the future.
2: And I, I really want to reemphasize what Ellie just said that, that, um, one thing that surprised me so much in this these months after the election were that you know my initial reaction was to be sad and and upset and kind of figure out okay how do we move forward and i have just been blown away by the women around me that that so many women and yeah I hate to say it, but like women as opposed to men even know how to turn emotion into action quickly and solve problems effectively by channeling emotions in a productive way and um I, would, you know, our client base says to us all the time, um, you know, I, I, I certainly wish Hillary had won, but if she hadn't, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Or if okay. she had won, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Right. It
0: and certainly woke people up.
2: Yes. In a new way and it. it's it's been a real fascinating process seeing that um that paradigm shift that that a lot of people are collectively having, this idea that wow, we really didn't want this outcome. But we're all waking up and opening our eyes together. And I
3: think about through the voter turnout lens, right? I think people are very hyper aware that if a leader doesn't look like me, I'm not going to turn out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, And so seeing more diverse people, whether that's a, across race, gender, um, gender expression, any of the, the ways that Economic we... Economic
0: levels, mm-hmm. all
3: of it. Absolutely. And so seeing a new diversity in the people who are interested in running for office, I think is going to be a linchpin in voter turnout, right? Like if we've got people who are running who actually represent the communities who need representation, who aren't coming out to vote because they feel like they're not represented by current leadership, what will that do to transform how many people line up mm-hmm. to cast their ballots. And
2: again, we have Donald Trump to thank for this <laughs> concept say, there was a of lining. Well, yeah, there was that a that lining. this qualification argument has gone out the window. Ellie brought yeah. me to a tech event, a Chicago tech to action event last week. And I met a twenty four year old who said, Well, yeah, I want to run for Congress. I have a lot of ideas. I think I, I have some solutions to problems that would really be helpful to the people in my district. I think I'm gonna run for Congress. Because quite honestly, this twenty four year old had a an Ivy League degree in political. Political science. He's technically as qualified as Donald Trump to do yeah, what he's doing. I mean, even
0: more so.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I,
2: yeah, I almost want to thank Donald Trump for that, for throwing that argument out the window.
1: I think I, I've heard among my friends is it was kind of a two, was a double punch, right? Like the country thought Hillary would be the president, right? Most of my friends here 100% thought that in Chicago. That didn't happen. Then the second punch was Donald Trump is our president. Mm-hmm. And all of my women friends were so offended by, you know, the vast things that came out of his mouth. Um, they were offended by Melania. They were offended by what he had spoken about his his, his daughter and that he would have sex with his daughter. And if it, if, if she wasn't his daughter, well, we could like go on and, and, on, and on and on about so the there vulgar so things. Many, there were yeah. so many vulgarities that came out of his mouth that really my friends didn't pay attention to. And and. Would talk about once or twice, but once he became president, I saw that as their catalyst to do something. W- friends said, "Don't get involved," and that was their like. Yeah, because you oh don't have gosh. like the
0: same political circle no, of friends that a lot of no, us have. No, yeah.
1: no, and so, um, I mean, I had friends packed RVs and drove to DC and were like, "We don't know what we're doing, but we can't tolerate this." Right. So that's what I would say. I saw as a, as a, you know, not political you know, centric friendships.
4: I think it's cool that it's gone beyond Donald Trump, too. I mean, the number of friends I know who now have Paul Ryan on their speed dial and just call his office every day, like, (laughs) give them a piece of their mind. You know, I think that's been what's cool to me about my friends who haven't been political in the past, who've been like, (laughs) you know, I am a teacher, I work for this nonprofit, and I really care about these issues, but I'm just not going to get involved in politics. They don't understand it. And to see them figure out, okay, here's my representative and he answers to me, and so I need to tell him what I'm thinking. Uh, that's just been awesome to watch.
3: Yeah. yeah, and it's been interesting to see how new activists in the landscape, new organizations, have sought out those that have been fighting this fight for a long time. Because I think it's really important to name the fact that for, you know, the millions of people who woke up on November 5th, November 9th being like, what the actual fuck, that there have been communities who've been saying this for generations. <laughs> ACLU. ACLU, but let's let's also talk about like communities of color, right? Yeah. And my friends who belong to different communities of color had said all along he's going to win mm-hmm. on November yeah. 8th. Yeah. And so many people didn't listen yeah. to them, yeah. and I think that that calls into um calls into focus something that we're mindful of in our work and that I think is emerging for a lot of folks is what does What does it mean to look at the intersectionality of the work that's in front of us, right? Because we can't just charge ahead pretending like race isn't a factor here, like religion isn't a factor here, that, you know... Gender expression isn't a factor here. These are all things that play into the ecosystem and need to be acknowledged and brought into the dialogue um, if we're really going to move the needle. And I think women are more aware of that than some of our counterparts who are doing the work before November 8th. Yeah. There's been definitely a level of complacency, I like to think, not among
0: those of us who have been dedicated their lives to, you know, political, social justice issues, but for a lot of folks who have not been directly impacted in a way like they did on November. That's kind of the wake-up call that people have had. And not to always quote Saturday Night Live when it comes, it comes yeah. to capturing the moment, but they did that exact same skit after the yes, election. Dave Chappelle. They're, right. The Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I mean, that, that was exactly yeah, right. it. You know, and, you know, a lot of folks, and in, in particular, you know, white folks finally kind of get it that you know, there's something at stake for them as well, and now people are taking action. So,
1: so um, can you guys give us one story that sticks out as to an impact that you know someone has come to you with since you've started your organization that has, you know, been like you're the catalyst. This is this is why we are here. This is why we started this organization.
2: I wouldn't say – I don't know that I have any one particular story that really stands out as, like, you know, the light bulb impactful moment. It's a lot of little stories. We have um, over 300 clients at this point, and and everyone has their own story, and that's what's so fun is that there isn't one big spotlight story or, you know, light bulb story. There is um, – it's that everyone comes to us with a different story, and so it's been f- so fun. And you know, like I said, we only we only service um, women in Illinois, and so we're pretty focused. But even within that group, there is just such diversity of interests and opinions and things people are passionate about. And you know, like one of our clients is really passionate about pet safety and care and all and I was like okay I gotta send you to the right advisor because that's not my thing but hey if that's your thing cool go run for city council in your you town you can send
0: them to me by the way yeah. I'm on the CAC board more than happy to help there
2: one, one story that just happened recently I had a client um, who isn't from Chicago originally but has been here for about 10 years and said she's really passionate about um, environmental issues her background is, is a, as an environmental scientist um, and she specifically cares about water use and I said oh are you familiar with the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District it's the you know the government entity that manages all, all of the water use in, in the region, really, mm-hmm. in Cook County and in the region. She had never even heard of MWRD. And this is someone for whom, when I said, what is your particular passion, she said water use. And she didn't even know about am and, and I'm not saying that to call her out. I'm saying, right. you know, it's just that people don't know how many, over half a million positions are open up. In, you know, God knows right. how many agencies and organizations and government entities there are. So point being, wh- whatever your interest is someone's making policy decisions about that interest, Mm -hmm. figure out who that is, and pursue either pursue that office or, if you like who currently has that office, support them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I would say that was a funny story where someone who said, this is my interest, and I said, have you heard of (laughs) Mesh Piles and Water Reclamation? There's a place for you to run. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. So that was was fun for me, you know, bringing those two things
3: together. Right, right. Gosh, you know, it's interesting. I think that there are so many different moments that I've been fortunate enough to experience over the past few months that um, give me hope that not all is lost for America. And there are two that really stand out for me, and they're very different moments. Um, And the first is on November 11th when we had our meeting at Genevieve's house. Uh, There's a woman um, who brought her daughter with her to our first meeting. And Corliss is this dynamic woman who, um, if I ever have children, I hope to be a mother like her because you can tell that she has instilled some incredible values in her children. And She brought her 17-year-old daughter to this event with us, and she's a young African-American woman from South Shore, and she gets up in this room in front of 200 people in a way that, like, I definitely wouldn't have at 17. I'm amazed by what 17-year-olds can do right now, but I would not have been able to do this. And she gets up and says, like, I will do whatever it takes because I will be a U.S. senator. And I was like, oh, Okay. That's incredible. And you know, we talked afterwards and she said that things like what we're doing at Rise Movement are so important to her and her generation because she needs them to go out and vote and to be active participants in civic life. And this is someone who I fully expect to see representing Illinois. in the U.S. Senate at some point.
2: And it's one thing to tell her, yes, you can be a U.S. Senator, but there's so much that RISE is doing around it, which is making sure people are voting so that she can be a U.S. Senator.
3: Right, And, and connecting the dots between all of the different organizations that are doing this work, right? Because one of our focuses is being a convening body for all of the different groups like ours who are doing this work. And, you know... On the flip side, I had a really wonderful lunch with a couple of women who've long been champions for the Democratic Party and Democratic candidates, and they asked to sit down for lunch because they were just feeling so burnt out and hopeless and tired, and um, which is fair. I think it's a really easy place for all of us to be in, especially those of us who've been in this work for a long time. And we had a two-hour lunch, and by the end, they were like, I think I can keep going. You know, based on the work that you're doing and what you're saying is happening out there, I can keep going. I can plug back in. I can help. And I think it's really powerful to have those kinds of conversations that aren't just about us um, talking about the problems. We can go on about the problems ad nauseum, but really talking about actionable solution sets mm-hmm. that are focused on hope and offering the alternative. We can do some really powerful things.
4: Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's that's the story that I was thinking of Um when we started ballot ready everyone the thing everyone always brought up was the judges because mm-hmm. there're just so many judges on the ballot and the crazy thing is no judge in cook in cook county has failed to be retained since 1990 so they're just wow. always elected, no matter I didn't realize when. that that's pretty Even stunning the judges back in 2012 was declared legally insane after assaulting someone in her courtroom. I
0: remember this. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. yeah.
4: Cynthia Brim. And then she was reelected with over 60% of I remember votes. So this. So yeah. this yes. Like an obvious problem in our democracy that we should be able to fix. Um, and so we were going through our data last month, and we were looking at who people saved on the site and how people made decisions. And the crazy thing about Chicago is there are 12 bar associations that actually take hours to interview these judges and make mm-hmm. recommendations. And they put all this time into it, and then everyone is still reelected. Yeah. What we saw from our data is that when one bar association said that someone wasn't qualified, people were statistically significant, much likely less likely to save that candidate. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's like a sign of hope, just like Ellie was talking
0: about, that there are solutions,
4: you know. And that's
0: course. why we now have sources like Ballot Ready, where you can find out who's been rated by who and what that was, and it can help people make a more informed decision.
2: I'd also like to plug for Ballot Ready the last this last election cycle I used it to for the whole ballot but specifically for the judges and it actually said um you know endorsed by 3 of the bar associations but not by 2 and I clicked and there was someone who had been endorsed by a couple of bar associations, but then not by the Women's Bar Association of Illinois. Uh, and that, to me, was helpful. A yep. specific, ding, ding. you know. So anyway, good job, Bella. Ready? Yay.
0: <laughs> well, um, I hate to bring uh, the party to an end, because I always feel when we do these, like we could go on and on and on, but we do. But before we do, I would love each of you guys just to tell our listeners how they can get involved and in any other bits of information you think would be helpful, because we're hoping that we can help generate even more buzz for all the work you guys they're doing.
2: Uh, so for Rodham Consulting, we are set up as four different communities, clients who are women who either want to run for office or um, are interested in just getting more involved in the political process in Illinois. So that's any Democratic woman or someone who identifies as a woman in Illinois, sign up on our website, rodhamconsulting.com, and um, we'll set you up with an advisor. We then have a team of advisors who are all Democratic women in Illinois, all volunteer, um, all with expertise in political strategy. But then specifically, if you don't necessarily want to sign up as a client, you can sign up as a what we call supporter or connector. And supporter is just someone who believes in our mission and wants to be helpful. It's free to sign up on our website as a supporter. Just give us your email and we'll, we'll reach out to you. And then connectors are people that are, we call them supporters plus, which are um, people who want to be supportive, but maybe also have some expertise in politics or, you know, have a big Rolodex that they're willing to share with their clients or things like that. So um, whatever community you want to join, whether it's as a client, a supporter, a connector, we'd be happy to have anyone. Just rodhamconsulting.com.
3: If people want to plug into the work that we're doing at RISE, uh, they can visit our website, which is RISEMVMT.org. Uh, you can also email us at info at RISEMVMT.org. Um, we, we like to pride ourselves on being highly responsive uh, to people who want to find a place to plug in. There's a home for everyone in this ecosystem, and we're happy to be a conduit for that. And um, you should keep an eye out for some big news around a convening happening here in October. And
4: if you want to check out Ballot Ready, we are BallotReady.org, and you can type in your email address to get notifications, information on what's going on, when your next election is. And if you're interested in learning more about custom voter guides, we're looking for feedback, we're looking to make it better, so please email us, info at
0: BallotReady.org. Awesome. Well, ladies, thank you again for coming in and joining us today. And um, Listeners, you know the conversation doesn't necessarily end here. You can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, and leave your thoughts and feedback as well as in a comment. And we'll be sure to be promoting all of your websites as well, so folks can additionally have other options and ways in which to follow up.
1: Yes, yes, and. Um, Anyone out there that's listening, we are looking for sponsors. We want to keep this conversation going. So if you enjoy our podcast and think it will benefit others, keep the conversation going and consider sponsoring the broadcast. For more information, please go to www.cstrategiesllc.com or email Becky at cstrategiesllc.com or Micah,
0: M-I-K-A, at cstrategiesllc.com. And that's a wrap of the broadcast. So spread the word, share these empowering conversations. Like us on Facebook at C Strage LLC and Twitter. And thanks again for listening. Quick mention of the of the chapstick. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. You know, as a as a guest on the podcast, you each get your very own the broadcast lip balm yes. so as we always like to say use it to remind yourself of this conversation um, and you know keep your lips nice and moist too I love it <laughs> you. and
3: I'm so welcome. perfect with today's weather yes
0: exactly yes. thanks ladies thank, thank you guys so much